Hey everyone, welcome to the Fitness Devil episode 74. We got Yvette Dontremont, hopefully I got that right, but she's better known as the Psy Babe. And really this one is kind of cool because we just brought her on to talk about pseudoscientific stuff from Gwyneth Paltrow and the others. And we kind of just dive into the science behind some of that crap. And honestly, we just talk about a lot of things. Um, we end up talking about porn. We end up talking about science. We end up talking about diets. And we, we get into some of Yvette's story. And I think that for anyone who knows her, will really kind of appreciate this because she has her own podcast. And it's kind of nice to get her on here. She has the nice microphone. She knows how to talk. And I think we just have a really good flow for this one. So if you're part of Yvette's crowd, um, be nice if you followed us, rank us, rank us review us, and, and kind of share this thing. We kind of want to get this out here. And if you're some of our returning crowd, you know what? Do the same thing. We love getting posts on Instagram or kind of shares on the story. It kind of helps get us out there. But I hope you guys enjoy this one. Shut up and sit down. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Every once in a while, we pull in a guest who's technically outside of the fitness industry. Mostly it's trainers and fitness professionals. Uh, but Yvette D'Entremont, I hope I pronounced that right. D'Entremont. 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 Uh, but perhaps better known as the science babe or sci babe. Uh, and she crusades against pseudoscience and does a lot of work with nutritional misinformation. A lot of other crazy stuff. She may talk a lot about porn today, too. We'll see how much we get out of that. Uh, but her work matters to fitness professionals and enthusiasts in her industry because it's full, rampant with bullshit. So welcome to the podcast. And I was hoping, not a not a long origin story, but sort of a, a bit of your background academically and uh, a quick origin of uh, Science Babe. It's, well, I uh, for the origin story, I was bitten by a radioactive spot. Shit, I always keep mixing those stories up. Uh, so I worst. Oh, I see a Spider-Man tattoo, and I'm I'm loving it. Yeah. Uh, it's I'm I'm heavily moderately to heavily heavily tattooed over here underneath the Wonder Woman uh, sweatshirt that I'm I'm brandishing. But moving on. Uh, so the origin story was I got the worst headache of my life one day uh, on March 7th of 2010. Never went away. Uh, and I mean, people hear that and they're like, did you take an Excedrin? I'm like, I promise you, I have a background in toxicology. I tried the headache medicine. Uh, so academic background, just to fill those in, uh, bachelor's in chemistry, master's in forensics, worked for eight years as an organic, or sorry, as an analytical chemist. Also uh, have a theater degree because daddy didn't hug me enough. Moving on. Uh, so got that headache. Uh, and you know, you, when you get something really weird with, you know, strange symptoms that you can't explain, there's no obvious cause of it. That's when you go down the Gwyneth Paltrow rabbit hole. Like, uh, you know, there, there are studies showing that women are treated differently in medicine than men where our symptoms are taken less seriously. I had one doctor and I'm, I was very overweight at that point. Like I, I ended up losing 90 pounds through the course of this whole thing. Cause I had one doctor tell me, why don't you just cut caffeine and exercise more? I'm like, well, shit, Doc, I guess if, if moving more stopped headaches, then no one would ever have a headache if they just went to the to the Jesus Christ. Anyways, turns out I had a very rare uh, variant on on trigeminal neuralgia called Sunk Syndrome. I don't want to get too far into that, but I fell down that rabbit hole of GMOs are killing me. Um, 
you know, pesticides are killing everything in the food supply is killing me. And it's, it's very easy to fall for that when the medications your doctors are trying for you aren't working right away. You're not finding sympathetic or empathetic voices in medicine. And it's taking a while to find an answer for something. I mean, imagine the worst headache of your life every day for eight months before you find a doctor who even specializes in your field, or you even find a name for the specialty (laughs) for what you need to know. So it took me a while. It took me a few years of believing that all the little bullshitty things I was doing with my diet were helping or not, because when you're dealing with that much pain, like varying from, you know, from moving the chest, if I move this one this way, am I going to hurt or not? Like, Eventually going, fuck it, I don't have to be afraid of GMO canola oil. <laughs> you know, like not looking at every ingredient on my food was was finally one day such a, a relief. Uh, and that's that's where I started eventually kind of debunking bullshit. And there, there are a few other things in the origin story. But in, I'd say in an attempt to stay concise, I'll stop there. But that was clearly not a concise answer. No, that, that's actually great. I was actually going to ask you, uh, did you ever get to the point where you really felt like taking a drill to your head to release the demons? That were... Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, it, it's the way it that this hurts. Um, if, uh, if you know anyone with trigeminal neuralgia or cluster headaches, the pain from all of those is very similar. Uh, the way that they differ is kind of in timing, intensity, and a handful of, of symptoms. Basically, it feels like I am being stabbed by a knife that's on fire and those types of attacks. And I'll I'll also have a dull ache on the left side of my head. And this is, it's always same location. uh, And those really, really severe attacks will last from, you know, 30 seconds to three minutes. Now with medication that I'm on, I'll maybe have a bad headache day every couple weeks. Uh, No medication, those attacks, they'll happen up to 200 times a day. I I would have killed myself by now uh, if I wasn't on the medications that were managing it. And they're just seizure meds. Uh, But like, and I, and I don't say, I don't say that flippantly. I don't say that to, to make light of suicide. I say that because you can't deal with that much pain without an answer every day. It's been, um, you know, it's been almost nine years since it started. It's It's been a hard go of it. But, you know, you go back to your doctor when the pain levels change, you keep working at it. Uh, and that's, you know, like I said, I, I understand why people go to alt med. It's very hard when you first start with something difficult to diagnose. But, you know, going for something that's patently shown not to work is, is not the answer. This leads exactly into the first question. I mean, you mentioned Gwyneth Paltrow and her website Goop, and I just I, I love fucking with prominent charlatans. Uh, obviously, the f- <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure your your uh, science babe is a playoff of the food babe. Vadi Hari yeah. is a complete train wreck and an idiot. <laughs> These are some of your favorite oh, targets. There's a yeah. few more, uh, and they obviously use fear based marketing. Um, and so you started to get into why this stuff is so appealing and very effective. Why it plays upon you know everyday people. So. <laughs> The embedded question here is how can anyone evidence-based start winning the fight against these pseudoscient- the pseudoscientific nonsense? And here's another question too. What's, is there any danger in naming and drawing attention to the bad guys? Because clearly you have no problem with it. It's no, I have no problem with it. And it's partially because at least I feel like I've been effective, but I felt like I've been effective up until a certain point. Like, and I, I look at, uh, I, I look at, uh, for example, Jen Gunter. I, I love Dr. Gunter. I think she does amazing work uh, uh, calling out, especially Gwyneth Paltrow. And then I look at what's happened in the last few years uh, that every time she writes an article about her, sales go up. 
Mm-hmm. And I wonder what, I don't know what the social zeitgeist is that's driving that. Uh, but I wonder if, cause I, what's made my message or my tone of my writing so effective. I think part of it is that I try to reach people where they are. I try to break the science down, uh, to something that a 15 year old who likes dick jokes is going to understand because I, I'm basically a 15 year old who likes dick jokes, who happens to have a bunch of science degrees. Uh, and I, I think that that's something that people will, will be drawn to. Even if you're look, I, I get it that there are a lot of ladies in Beverly Hills. Sorry, I just tap my microphone. I get it that there are a lot of ladies in Beverly Hills who, who like their jade eggs, uh, for, for their, their yonis. Uh, but, but you know what? I've met these ladies in Beverly Hills. I used to live in that area. They like dick jokes too, even if they won't admit it. And that's why, that's why they'll read my writing. That's why bros will read my writing. That's why people will come to that. So I will always tell people, use humor, please (laughs) use humor. People will come to humor. Uh, it's, it's, it's a working formula. Just, you know, bust it out. People will come to your science. People will find you empathetic a little bit. It's, it's a way that we connect. So we need to use more empathy. It's it, Gwyneth Paltrow comes across as your friend, your doctor who's telling you to, you know, that your headaches are maybe they're all in your head. That doesn't come across as your friend. That comes across as a condescending douchebag. And somehow Gwyneth Paltrow manages not to come across as condescending. Well, it's because she's That's a movie star. Wrong. That's also another part of the formula. If you're like famous for something else, it gives you social proof that you could possibly be good at that. Cause she's, you know what I mean? Like people believe that she's oh, an actor. Yeah. If you use that magical cream that she uses, you're going to look like her. And it's, you know, it, it is, uh, it, it's, it's, it's proof in the, proof in the Gwyneth Paltrow bakes yeah. pudding, I guess. But, you know, the, the things they don't tell you are that they're not just using that magical cream. They're going to a dermatologist twice a week. So <laughs> I'm actually, we've, we've avoided saying this guy's name for a long time on the podcast, but we're actually going here. Uh, so both Dr. Mike Isertel and uh, Dr. Lane Norton both posted about him. Actually, I got tagged into it because they know that I'm in Alberta um, about the snake diet guy. Are you familiar with the snake diet guy and his crazy I've, shit? I've heard of him, but you would have to fill me in a little bit. Is he? Right, so he's local. He's here in Edmonton. And of course, oh, he is, he's a vir- virulent little bugger when people criticize him. He loves the attention and he's uh, basically promotes extreme fasting. So if you're familiar with Dr. Jason Fung, who as another charlatan, I've heard the name, yep. Uh, who promotes a lot of fasting stuff, he's taken it to another level. So there's a post about having a weight loss challenge for kids, parents entering their kids in a snake dot. If anyone can see Yvette's face right now or her expression, you would see her reaction to this. Go ahead and screen cap that if you want to. I'll uh, <laughs> we'll have to find a way to. If, if you go on either Lane or uh, Mike Isertel's Instagram, it's right there. My Instagram handle is actually literally tagged in the post. It's hysterical on uh, Dr. Mike's. But So this guy's gaining traction. James Fell and I, who, that's how you came to be on the podcast, because by the time this comes out, we recently have oh, released yeah, James's. Oh, yeah, I've definitely seen this guy's videos before. <laughs> I knew he was familiar. This guy, he's interesting. He is he's, he's actually I've... insane. I think... <laughs> They need to up the hell paradol for him. Yeah, they need to he, up a lot of he's, things. He's uh, several things. I mean, number one, he's he's famous for walking around with a dildo taped to his head downtown and filming it. He drinks his own urine proudly, um, and he makes claims of curing HIV, cancer, and several other diseases by fasting. And now he's promoting uh, well, extreme fasting I mean, children. Well, I mean, in his defense, you will not 
be suffering from the effects of HIV if you continue to fast long enough. <laughs> you won't be suffering from breathing anymore either, yeah. but you also won't be suffering from HIV. I just I just want to throw that out there. So, it's shitty science, but it's true. So you could theoretically cure HIV with <laughs> by dying. Well, let's put it this way. Yeah. It's not what's going to end up having killed you. Um, but he's he's sort like of someone. Now, yeah. He's someone who, for a while there, people like James Fell were kind of ignoring because they didn't want to draw attention to someone. Now that he's sort of out there in the ether, and if I'm not mistaken, he either appeared on the doctors. He was on the doctors. Was, yeah, he's on the doctors. The doctors were ripping him apart. And well, he that, ripped the doctors they apart. They him on the doctors? Well, like, they wanted to fight him on the doctors. It was <laughs> him versus the doctors, so fucking get that one. And then oh, he the basically... the doctors tried... They the tried to just invited me on and then didn't dare Mike's segment. But let's talk about the snake diet guy. Some well, he more. basically, I, I didn't see the whole thing, but he actually probably got the better of the doctors in this like weird, crazy. They're both fucking stupid. And they both, they, they were both against each other. And he actually had, he just sounded better than them. But that's pretty easy. But yeah. The problem with them is that they, they promote alternative medicine fairly regularly and bullshit things. So when they came, when it came time for them to debunk bullshit, how could they sound like their normal selves if they're, if they're trying to go after something that's, you know, only a little bit more bullshitty than their usual stuff, really? Well, like, uh, yeah, I, not a fan of the show The Doctors. Well, that's just it, is they probably found someone who was, like, this guy's legitimately far too out there, even for us. So that just says how crazy he he's is. He actually lives near us. Does he? Is Cole? Oh, the doctor. He, no, the do Cole. Yeah, he's here in Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah, so. So anyways, oh, we're famous for that, too. We got yeah, Dean Somerset and Cole Robinson. Yep. <laughs> the same light. So just curious, how how far, other than, you know, getting onto the doctors once, has this guy's, and this is something I've learned from being in the public eye a little bit, like, you get onto a couple shows a couple times, people don't really know who you are, like, no. out in the, out in the wilderness, no. outside of our, outside of our little bubbles, like, you don't walk down the street and have people know who you are when you have, you know, a couple thousand, couple, even a couple hundred thousand followers. I've been recognized, like, a handful of times in public. So, like, this guy gets on TV once people don't like they no know who he is, is as that crazy fucking screaming guy <laughs> who thinks fasting cures aids they know he's nuts at least to a point like he he's worthy of a blog entry maybe too on well, the internet and he's but... not even like there's no he's not rich so like you'd think like because he has like a hundred thousand followers on Facebook, all this bullshit um, he's but, he, and how many but he's not, he's are, not rich how many for sure. Are train wreck followers. Well, that's what I mean. He has no product to sell. He basically is telling people not to eat. So like, you can't sell that. <laughs> he's not <laughs> like, like his message is pretty easy. So you can't pay people to be coached by you. Cause like, well, just don't eat. And then like, he just has, I just don't think he's not rich. There's no fucking way. Cause where he no. lives and stuff. So he didn't profit off of this. I have no idea. I think he genuinely thinks he's helping people, which is sort of the delusion. So uh, like, anyways, you'd think like if you got not, on there, you're rich, not, not true. He's not as big as David Avocado Wolf no. or, uh, Joseph Mercola. 12 million, over 12 million followers for David Avocado Wolf. That was a, that was a hard nut to crack. And I realized after writing about him, even if I got an, ex, an extremely comprehensive article out of it, uh, I, I wasn't going to make a dent in that. No, like that's done. That's well, like that's like swinging a bat at the, at the planet Earth and going aha. Gwyneth I mean, Paltrow would I, have to get I on board. Gwyneth Paltrow would have to get on board and join forces. Like you'd have to get a bunch of people to like really slay twelve million followers. And, and that's just it. We're like flies to Godzilla when it comes to some of the followings of these people and the shit that they're putting out there. Uh, I don't know. I don't have the answer, and that's sort of kind of where we like, go back to. Kim Kardashian's made more money on fitness than like probably all these people we're talking about. 
You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and it's you know it's, it's hawking uh, waist trainers yeah. and, and and you know B vitamin slash caffeine supplements. I don't know if that's what's in her pills. Please don't sue me. Uh, <laughs> allegedly, this is all alleged. She is a lovely girl. I, I actually don't mind the Kardashians. That's just my. I've never watched one of their shows. I just I, well, I I'm not gonna bitch about them. I've watched every episode. I have, yeah. Don't you seem like yeah. you've been keeping up with the Kardashians. Wait, do you have a favorite? Uh, I kind of watch it in past. My wife likes to turn her brain off after work sometimes. Um, the <laughs> sure. Fuck, I don't know. The the one that married the basketball dude. She's cool. She I seems see. more legit than the others. Chloe, Chloe. I think. Chloe. Yeah. yeah, she. The only reason I know, I, or I know, she seems, as you phrased it, more legit than the others. I had a a meeting once upon a time when I still lived in L.A. Uh, with someone who was was friends with her, and he's like, "You need to meet her. You guys will get along." And I'm like, "That is the first time. That is the weirdest moment in my life." And someone <laughs> told me, "You two would get along." And he was talking about me, nerdy scientist, chemist person, with you know, with a potty mouth, and a Kardashian. I was very confused about that moment in my life. It it, it was it was a compliment though. It wasn't meant as a dig. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. Yeah. Everyone that yeah everyone that I know that knows them has met them has said they're workaholics. They're great girls. They're you know they show up on set ready to do uh, whatever whatever is necessary for their job. So it's you know what they seem uh, goofy on screen. Uh, you know. They've worked hard, so yeah, I suppose there's they've worked a, hard at being that goofy. There's a cool point in there too, and I mean they've had staying power, and I don't think you have staying power without being professional. I mean, look at Lindsay Lohan's career, right? I mean, Ooh, she's notoriously a, a train wreck and not showing up for anything, and, and now she's a nobody, um, just a punchline. Yeah. So there may be something to sad. that. <clears throat> yeah, I like I like uh, Mean Girls. That's still like an epic movie. She was. It was, she a, was good a good movie. little actress. Yeah, she was. She was good. Okay, fuck. It. Let's talk about fucking food. Because <laughs> I'll, yes. I'll talk about this all day. Um, it, it's I just like to tangent people. It's fun. Please, by all means, don't get interested. Okay. Um, there's this one thing we kind of we kind of looked into some of your background and stuff, but like Brian Wanzik and his, his Cornell. So you found the pictures. Is yeah, what you're we found some stuff. <laughs> but basically, about his his Cornell food don't lab. Don't blame me. Someone handed me the alligator. Okay. Well, the thing is, like, what what it's famous for is his food research, like the bad popcorn study, um, only to have 15 of his studies retracted and ended up disgraced and his body of work questioned. Can you kind of explain the deeper meaning or like the what happened here and the implication for our work with nutrition? All right. So Brian Wansink, head of the Cornell uh, Food Lab, he uh, like he was one of the first people who made me very excited about nutrition science and not just like I want to uh, debunk these people selling bullshit. I he he would come up with new studies, and they would explain why you make these little decisions about what you do. Why are you choosing the the pizza at the buffet line? Why are you filling up a second time? How? Are, what are these little tricks you can use uh, to make yourself eat less or eat healthier? Um, you know, if you use a smaller plate, you're going to eat le- all these little things. And here's the thing: all of a sudden. These studies or these stories are coming out of there. And we found this out some, from some really amazing reporting from Stephanie Lee over at BuzzFeed. Uh, and, you know, a couple of people have been tracking the story, but, but Stephanie was really hot on this. Uh, they, they ended up retracting, I think at first it was six or six in a day. And I believe a total of 13 papers. Go ahead, fact check me on that if I'm off on the numbers. But they found all these papers that have been p-hacked to death. Oh, like shit. they would go in at the beginning of a study with a certain uh, with a, cer- a certain uh, variable that they were studying in mind, and after and when they didn't get any significant results on that, they'd be like, "Well, go ahead and look at the data and see what you got." And there are you know there are ways to safeguard against this 
uh, in research and publishing. But there are very uh, few of these standardized and in, and, and in place. So they uh, they really played fast and loose with uh, with p hacking to get some bad studies out. And it's it's unfortunate because it mars, um, or at least I think in the public eye, it mars a lot of the work, the what might still be very good work that Wansink did, which is un- or mind, never mind just Wansink, but all the other researchers at the lab did. And I don't know uh, how long it's going to take to rebuild that. Uh, you know, all of all of that really good. Um, that that wonderful reputation that they had for such a long time. There's so much of this. Like these studies are fairly ubiquitous within nutrition literature, uh, behavior change literature. This stuff is everywhere. And yeah. I, I how many even, places have cited this? It, tons of books that I've read. Like the bad popcorn study might be one of the ones. And, and if anyone hasn't heard of this, so I think what they did is they took like six or seven day old stale popcorn and gave it to people in movie theaters, and it was it was terrible. And I think it was the bag size. Even if people knew this stuff was horrid, the larger the bag they gave to people, the more popcorn ultimately they measured at the end that they ate. So it goes to serving size containers. You mentioned small plates or a size of glasses. And the thing is, all this stuff is so intuitive that even despite what has happened with the research, like I'm really struggling to take any of this stuff and pull it out of the way I think about nutrition. So I don't. what do you think about that? It's, I think, now some of the earlier studies, I, I would, now it's hard to say which things are real and which things aren't. I'm not going to say any definitive statements on which studies I would, I would trust at this point or not, because that just, that, that's, that is very bad science uh, to put an opinion out there on these until we look for, uh, closer into them. Uh, you know, and I'm sure that there are people looking over them now. Uh, but, you know, I would say, if anything, the earlier work is probably more likely uh, to be reliable because over over time one of the things that came out was there was so much pressure to publish and that's how you keep getting funding is publishing 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 and you have to publish early and publish often so you do a study that takes six months two years uh, and you don't get any useful data out of it uh, it's you're much more likely to get published if you get positive findings and if you get negative findings so that's why over time I would guess you got more and more uh, or you got a higher uh, uh, percent chance of getting bad studies out of there. Like I said, I could be wrong. That's just uh, that. That's just what I would lean on. But you know, even uh, th- this does point to a bigger problem within uh, within academia of you know there being such a push to publish that people are uh, th- that people aren't turning in studies that can be uh, replicated. It's I, the thing that stresses me. And again, I go back to it. Is just how ubiquitous some of these studies are in the literature, yeah. and the way that we, as nutri- oh, yeah. anyone who deals with nutrition, thinks. You know, I think it's a pretty safe yeah. recommendation to say to someone, "Hey, eat food off a smaller plate." Well, that, actually, that research was done here. So all of a sudden, it's like, "Well, do I stop saying that?" And, and I think some of the stuff still sounds like common sense. I just hope that someone goes in. Goes over it with a fine tooth comb. Some of it's replicated, and maybe we'll get some answers to whether or not. This I think you just get information though, because it was like we talked about this two. Po- I don't remember who we talked about it with, but the obviously eating after nine, and maybe it's Brian Crawley. Eating yeah. after nine isn't scientifically proven. Oh, Danny Singer, Donnie yeah. Singer, Donnie yeah. Singer. But like that's a for some people that might actually help. You know what I mean? Even if like obviously it's calories and blah 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 blah. But like there's strategies. Some people for when coaching. they start eating. 
And some people, it's the thing is, if you start eating late at night, it just triggers a habit for yeah. you of like, I'm going to dig into the cookies if I mm. eat now. So it's like, it's not the calories. It's, you know, it's, it's the habit that goes along with it. That might be what you have to nip, but you know, and it's the same thing with the plate. It's not that the plate, uh, yeah. automatically contains those. It's what's your habit when you take that bigger plate. So, you know, it might, it might be that you don't want to go back for a second serving if you, you know, when you've already filled up that one plate. So, you know what, there's, even if there isn't, uh, if it hasn't been replicated, even if it came out of that lab, there's no need to go back on something like that if it does seem kind of commonsensical and it's been helping. But, you know, it doesn't hurt ever to see a replication study on this. And I would like to see replication studies on Wansing's work. Yeah. I mean, he's not telling him to drink their own urine, so he's pr oh, pr probably safe. He's telling you to eat off a smaller plate. This isn't, this is not that bad. If this is the worst, it gets. Yeah. No one's going to the hospital for eating off a smaller plate. Let's take this a little further than you know of. Yeah. Uh, so do you have any advice for fitness professionals who are, they're evidence-based in how they navigate dealing with people. Um, when they encounter people with that deeply held conspiracy theorist pseudoscientific belief system, I think you encountered a lot of those. And then, and can you address the dangers of stepping outside of scope, both to combat these beliefs and then, of course, the flip side is when actual fit pros are promoting nonsense. So a good example is a fitness professional encountering a client who is an anti-vaxxer and going but near it. that fitness professional also promotes bullshit himself. It's like, you need to be paleo or you're not going to be okay. Or or you get the fitness professional who is, who is an anti-vaxxer spreading oh, that Jesus. kind of shit, right? So we see shit like this. So oh, have at it. Anywhere you want to go with that conversation. Oh, well, I mean, here's the thing. I always say if you want to if you if you want to get somebody uh, to, to start thinking outside of their current scope, get them to start asking questions of their own beliefs, get them to examine uh, themselves. So the Socratic method works wonderfully. Why do you think that? Where did you get that information? Why do you trust that? Uh, where where did you find that out? Who told you? Have you fact checked that? And I'll start asking this. And I and the other thing is ask kindly don't ask in a confrontational manner <laughs> and mm. I, I say this is someone who's who has to use some restraint when not getting angry at some of the bullshit that i've heard over the years but you know we're not gonna get anywhere if we're dicks and we just scream at people that they're wrong uh you have to try to walk people you know ha ask someone to examine their thoughts and their beliefs on something and how they got to there and i think we'll get further with a little bit of kindness, a little bit of understanding, uh, then, then with screaming, but, oh man, if you've got a trainer who's starting to spew some bullshit at you that, uh, that, that anti-vax is the way to go and that you, uh, can't have diet Coke because it's going to turn on your pancreas into making you store fat, just get run the, get the fuck away. Don't do it either that, or, you know, just ignore <laughs> that part of your trainer's work if everything else is fine. I think the anti-vax example is, is a little on the extreme, but we know it exists, but, yeah. but trainers definitely wander into a way fuck with how about snake diet guy. And he promotes all kinds of crazy crap. But I've seen other ones who they wander into, well, fuck, uh, one of my pet peeves, and I don't like shitting all over keto or intermittent fasting across the board. I do. And I said this, the, so reason, the reason why I don't, I post on Facebook is because there are going to be clients who are going to want to explore this yeah. stuff. And when me as a trainer and my clients and potential clients follow me, when I'm unilaterally negative about these things, but then they get curious because they're cousin or sister or whatever is doing it and they push them because i've seen tons of this with keto yeah. if i'm 
all negative about it, well, they're going to go and do it anyway. They're just not going to bring me in the conversation. So I want them to actually bring me into it because anyone who's in the know knows that there's no special properties to keto or intermittent fasting, but they can be systems that may at times work for certain types of people. So um, I guess that's the stuff where a trainer is just telling everyone that they need to do keto. Keto is for everyone. Intermittent fasting is for everyone. Like navigating that. Thoughts. There is, there is, I know one diet that's perfect for everyone. And I've tried to drive this home in my writing. Like anytime I write an article debunking a diet, I'm not debunking that, you know, eating that combination of foods can make you lose weight. I'm debunking that, you know, some of the more extreme claims that it's going to cure your goddess herpalades or whatever it's claiming this week. But there's no, uh, there's nothing magical in keto. Like, there are a lot. I wrote an article about this last fall, uh, and you know, there's there are claims that it turns you into a fat burning machine, and you burn, you get a metabolic advantage and burn more calories per hour. And there have been studies into this showing that at most there might be about a hundred calorie advantage per day at the beginning of the diet, and that goes away fairly quickly. Uh, you know, you do lose a little bit more weight. Uh, the first few weeks to a month, and it's all pretty much water weight because carbohydrates complex with. Um, uh, with uh, with water in your system, and I, I'm saying things that I'm sure your listeners already know because mm-hmm. they're because uh, you know a lot of them are, are fitness people. Uh, but you know, most by after about a year on you know on, on uh, equal calorie uh, diets uh, that are low carb or low fat, uh, people tend to lose about the same amount of weight. It's the big thing is dietary ad- adherence. If a, if a vegan diet works for you, fucking do it. If keto works for you, fucking do it. Talk to a doctor. Talk to a registered dietitian. Uh, do what works for you, uh, and make sure that you know that it's. Make sure that you're. Just don't be a fucking idiot. Please don't live on the Twinkie diet. Like I'm not saying that it's not going to make you lose weight if you live on 1,500 calories a day of Twinkies. I'm just saying it's a really bad idea. Well, I was, so. was going to say, if the snake diet and drinking your urine works for you, would you go as far as to endorsing that? <laughs> no. I I have I have my limits. I guess it depends on how far, you, how, how, how desperate you are. And that goes that whole conversation of the quick fix. If it, if it maybe works, I'll try it. People are drawn to it, though. Depends on where you're at. And seriously. <laughs> There are God. There was this. Uh, there was this Facebook group that was, you know, it was one of these really, really wooey uh, groups. That I think it was called Distilled Waters, and it was, yeah, it was what? about drinking your own urine. Distilled Waters is that is that and, code? That must be code. I think. Yeah, for for continually <laughs> cycling that that fluid through your system. Well, I think people. I'm. Whew, so. I know that, so now you know that, yeah. listener. I apologize. Yeah, I think too much. still actually hold the belief that urine is sterile. That's not true. No, really, really is, not true. It, it has fairly recently been debunked, I believe. But it's a yeah. It's it is more sterile than shit, but it's not a hundred percent sterile. <laughs> Sweet. But you know, more sterile than shit is not what we're aiming for here when when selecting beverages. That's <laughs> like saying meth is gluten free. It's, it's, hey, it, it might even be asbestos free. It's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not, it's, donuts are healthier than meth too. So clearly the key to good health. Well, yeah. Meth has its uses though, I'm sure. Like if you got, like, get your homework done. Like maybe the stress of not having your homework done 
could be worse than the donuts. Don't take I mean? health advice from this guy. I'm just <laughs> don't saying. <do> he's <laughs> don't listen. If he's selling you a supplement and it says he says it gives you some pep, just bring well, it. That is, that to is meth. Let's, 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 that is meth. Let's come off the le- let's come off the ledge a little bit. But I actually, like, I'm I'm 40, so I went to university and graduated 16 so years ago. Meth, is that where we're going? And there was no use of like stimulants that I ever remember among studying. But I'm hearing now in, in college age people in university that. The use of stimulants, yeah. like I guess Adderall, that sort of stuff, is very prevalent, and that's terrifying. It's for, it's totally foreign to me. Yeah. It's I, I mean, it wasn't. If if it was prevalent when I was in undergrad or grad school, for that matter, uh, like no one was telling me why weren't they cutting me in on the fucking Adderall? Well, like it that. Went, it went underground for a while because it got it got villainized over. I think it was like the sixties because it was huge in the fifties and sixties because it was just meth. Like it was, um, oh, yeah. it was go pills. Dexedrine. Yeah, it, it was, was it was Dexedrine it was, and then Adderall. Essentially, Adderall yeah. is renamed now. It literally is yeah. just what it was before, called Adderall and Colored Blue. So, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. There's a movie on it. It's on Netflix. I think it's called like Take Your Pills. And it was actually I thought it was sweet because I would I haven't seen that one yet, but I'm always I I say this to to you and to your audience with a word of caution. Anytime I see a documentary on Netflix, I always say fact check the motherfucker out. Oh, it that. wasn't. It was. I don't even think it was pro anything. It was just a history of like basically methamphetamines and then like um, biohacking and how it's. Anyways, it, it was actually it was cool. All right, there's two things we could talk about. Biohacking. biohacking. We'll come back to biohacking. <laughs> I think it was mine. David, I mean, David Asprey. But let, before we go oh to biohacking, you, let's, let's you actually... You brought in the aspray and yeah. I hear a lightning strike in the well, background. Let's actually do the Netflix documentary first and let's tackle that shit. Because obviously What the Health is the one that got really nuts. It's the oh vegan, my God. The vegan propaganda. Like, it's, I, 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 this, this makes me so, so I wrote a thing on why you shouldn't uh, get your health advice from, uh, from Netflix, uh, Netflix documentary, uh, Netflix, me stutter pretty today. I wrote this thing on why you shouldn't get your health advice from Netflix documentaries and it got pulled for fear of us being sued by basically every Netflix health documentary. So now I'm, this is why I'm not debunking a lot of bullshit lately because we're afraid of getting sued. Uh, but yeah, here's why you shouldn't get your health from Netflix advice documentaries because i'm gonna let you guys take on the uh the potential for getting sued for this so all of these come in with some sort of a point of view and you start off with them like most of them start off with the world is less healthy now have a look at this group of people that once upon a time in ancient times they were healthier and then we came in and made them less healthy now in what i I believe it was i could be mixing them up because i watched like seven of these was it what the hell that had Pete Evans from Australia, or am I mixing these up? I, I won't watch any of them. I mean, even okay. you, didn't watch, you haven't watched it? No, I haven't watched any of these fucking things. I, I ended oh, up man, watching so many of these you have uh, to. because I was trying to, you know, put together a whole article on them. But I, my God, like they all turn into. Oh wait, no, Pete Evans is, is the paleo one. What the hell is uh, is a vegan uh, documentary? But they all they like if they all stopped at hey this diet will help you lose weight here's the the advantages it gives you here are the way these people felt after they lost weight or it fucking cool that'd be great like and if they even if they went into some of the you know hardcore health statistics on it on you know why the compelling reasons why you shouldn't consider this diet the compelling reason you know things that are going into uh you know the obesity epidemic why we're gaining weight uh, and then why this diet's great that wouldn't be a problem 
but then they push it too far. Like they try to show oh, that their diet's the only diet, right. that you're saving the planet, that you're going to cure. Like half of them say that you're going to cure cancer with this diet. Like I believe in one on, I've seen one on paleo on, uh, or on low carb and on vegan diets that have all claimed they've cured cancer. And it's like, guys, this is just irresponsible. Well, Netflix, people, this is irresponsible. You have to watch it, man. They had some good stuff in there, like the chicken and cigarettes. I actually turned it off at that point because I didn't know it because I, I watched it when it came out. I was like, oh, fuck it. It's Saturday. And they're talking about like how smoking a pack of cigarettes is the same as eating chicken off the barbecue. And I, was, I was like, Ed, are you listening to this? Yeah. And I'm like, I have to a, see like if this was real. And then the veganism comes out because they literally, it's actually so funny because they don't talk about vegans. They're like literally midway through, they kind of bait and switch you and they're like, then they go to like a farm. It's crazy. It's so, it's so good. It's good entertainment. That's all it is. Yeah. Well, this if, go- you, if you go in knowing this is going to be a propaganda film oh. and that they're just going to be shoving this down your throat, uh, that, you know, like I said, this causes cancer and that you're saving the planet and all this good stuff, then, you know, go in some popcorn maybe bring a bottle of bourbon uh and and you know go in for a laugh but like there are things that they say in these movies that are so over the top like this is <laughs> this is part of the reason why like forks over knives was like i like at the time i was when i was struggling with my headache issues forks over knives was what convinced me first like it was the my i would say it was my my gateway drug to food bullshit because i was like oh wow if if meat causes cancer maybe it's giving me headaches too and so like i slowly started going vegan and then i was like what else in the food supply is killing me and you know it's these things really can cause someone who's already having health problems some to be really scared of what's in the food yeah. supply. And, and there are only, uh, you know, you can go on an elimination diet and find out if you have a food allergy or something like IBS or IBD um, or, or uh, uh, colitis or Crohn's disease. There are a couple of diseases that, you know, or, you know, allergies. There are a couple of things that are legitimately triggered by food. But all of us fear uh, directed towards people that, you know, are in some cases just trying to get enough food on the table uh, and telling them that, you know, they're every Everything in the food supply that's affordable is killing them. It's it's kind of it's kind of a horrible thing to do to an audience that is getting bombarded with conflicting information all the time. Anyway, maybe try to enable them to succeed at whatever diet would work for them, and t- instead of telling them that everything you eat is causing cancer. I uh, several things I want to throw in there to address those points. I think one of the problems with these documentaries is that the word documentary implies legitimacy. I think a lot of people fall yep. for that. So that's a, an important thing for people to discard right away. You made me think about probably the documentary that started all this might have been Super Size Me. That's now being called into question as to whether or not his things are legitimate. So there's that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So and then that one was really entertaining. I think it probably sends a fairly good message. And then it yeah. made me think of the carnivore diet. So my best friend actually does a carnivore diet, and that sounds nuts. But the food allergy thing, carnivore diet is actually quite hypoallergenic, which is actually one of the reasons why it uh, it, it eliminates the things that make some people feel shitty. Oh, and yeah. so therefore, there's this appealing idea that it works. I mean, it gets taken too far. And this is Sean Baker, I think, is the doctor who's behind this. If I'm not mistaken. I mean. Go ahead. You've, there's there's also uh, Michaela Peterson, Jordan Peterson's I was Jordan daughter. Peterson jumps on it. Right. Who, they're both promoting it like crazy. And here's the thing. Like, I, not to. 
I'm sure you have some friends, some or sorry, some followers who are Jordan Jordan Peterson mm-hmm. fans. I'm not out to debunk all of his things. That's not that's not what I'm going to do right now. But one of the things he says is to speak from a place of expertise, and his daughter is not in any way an expert on food and dietetics, and she charges for consults on diets. Terrifying. Fucking stop that, okay? Are just we, just say it. Our it's industry um, gets really hot over Peterson. So my view on Peterson, I've read his book, and I think there's a lot of really good stuff there because his book sort of more or less stays on point. But you bring him up to some of our industry, and our friend James Fellow is one of them, and he basically yeah. goes uh, totally apoplectic. Oh, yeah, James fucking hates him. He goes apoplectic. <laughs> and then know, it's like... I, you know what I would love, and this is, it's all right. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm not going to get into him. I just, <laughs> I just brought it up with regards to the diet, and it, it's because it bothers me that, uh, that this person, due to her father having that platform, oh, yeah. uh, gets kind of carte blanche to push this thing. And I mean, I'm, gl- I'm very happy for her that whatever her symptoms were, uh, from I believe it was rheumatoid arthritis, uh, yeah, I might have been a, either no, JRA or RA, which that's extremely painful yeah. uh you know whatever was causing those symptoms i'm glad that she found it via an elimination diet but pushing just go all meat to everyone that shows a, a severe misunderstanding of how uh diets affect different people yeah. and it's it's it just like i said it deeply bothers me that she's Wait. charging for consults when you she's assuming everyone has autoimmune like i don't think she's assuming yeah. that that's what she's telling people like that's how the yeah. diet is like it's just insane well it goes to another point i was going to make is we're talking about all these problems that are endemic in our society and all of these charlatans, what they're ultimately doing is saying, here is a simple problem and I am selling you the solution. Yeah. Inflammation. There's this fucking nutcase. Uh, what the hell? Lori Schmerk is her name. She's a PhD, but she got her PhD from a diploma mill online and she actually oh, has God. no qualifications. So her whole thing is that inflammation is what's making everybody bad. Uh, Obviously, oh. Pete. Well, I don't even know much about Peter Wolf. I just know he's a fucking loon. Um, obviously, he's saying something that's that's wrong. Well, food, babe. What what sort of chemicals in food are bad? Chemicals. Sort of thing. Any there is no acceptable level of any chemical to ingest <laughs> ever was was my favorite quote from her. I'm like, man, she must be starved. <laughs> but to telling death people that, now. like, people worrying about that shit is probably worse than the actual shit at that point. Like, it's like, oh, plastic's bad, like it is. But like, if, if you're if if you worry about like literally everything that touches your food, there's a deeper yeah. problem there too. That's probably worse than what you were going there for, anyways. I don't know. It's just insane. Like, like, I don't like putting my food into the microwave of a certain plastic containers, yeah. but, like, I'm also not afraid of my food touching it. Well, and <laughs> like, if, if, if I made you something in a microwave and you, you wouldn't be like, no, don't fuck it. Maybe you would, but, like, you wouldn't stress about it all day. Be like, I wonder what's been in the microwave in plastic <laughs> in this household and then freaking out about it. Like, that's well, insane talk. Well, my first question would be, are you a decent cook? I think that's that's more yeah. important than the microwave and the plastic. Like, yeah. it's your first your first question should be, is this free of microbial contamination? And then eventually we get to the bi- biphenol A or the BPA, BPS uh, contamination. Yeah. So. Oh, okay, sweet. Let's so, ask another question. Are we, let's just go fucking full potato. <laughs> uh, you spend a lot of time fighting misinformation. Obviously, we've been talking about it. But, like, let's go artificial sweeteners. And big bad things like detoxes and skinny teas. Have you had any oh, success? Oh yeah. Have you had any success? I guess knocking the science into the heads of people who don't respect science and kind of buy into yes. all this bullshit. 
Yes, occasion. I uh, every single year I run this thing. Uh, the uh, and I mean I know this is I'm I'm talking about vaccines and you just asked about dietary stuff. But every year I do this thing, the Wear Doing Shots campaign, where you know when I I every, within you know a week or two of the flu shot coming out, I go out get my flu shot and do a cute little uh, video saying you know please put pictures of yourself on social media with the hashtag Wear Doing Shots with a picture of your sexy sexy band aid. Every year I get more and more pictures, and every single year I get multiple emails and I mean tons of them tons of pictures posted to social media with people saying I was vaccine hesitant before I didn't get flu shots before I always thought that I would get the flu if I got them but because of the campaign because of seeing everyone perfectly healthy and happy getting their flu shots I'm getting my flu shot from now on I'm like oh Oh, babushka, I'm so happy. Are you going to hate I, me? I've I, been, this, I that's been, I think, my biggest victory. I mean, like, I can get somebody to stop being afraid of, of eating conventionally grown produce uh, all day long. But getting people to vaccinate is, is the biggest uh, victory that I get. Can you convince me I'm the worst? And it's not because I have any moral or ethical about, like, things tied to it. I don't usually get my flu shot. Can you convince <gasps> me? Baby, what, so what? What's t- talk to me? What? Uh, what's what's your? What are your thoughts on the flu shot? I don't really have anything My negative guess, or positive. I honestly, I'm just lazy. I'm gonna guess. I'm I'm actually gonna guess. It's the the feeling that you're a healthy adult and you're not as vulnerable to it. No, the flaw with that is we do. We're gonna we're we're gonna like remember I said earlier we uh, kindness and the Socratic method. We're gonna do this right now. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, tell me what what's why what are your thoughts on the flu shot? I don't really. I think it's fine. I just don't get it. I'm just lazy. So, I haven't like literally every time I go, it's like a big, long, painstaking process. I just haven't got it, and then I haven't really gotten the flu, which I know, I know, I know the arguments. <laughs> like if I get one, I'm gonna spread blah 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 blah. I just haven't got it, so I'm the worst. That's why I said you're probably gonna hate me. How well? How mo- how good are you at getting your ass to the gym? Oh, and I'm just, I'm just I saying, I saw you, I saw you pull up that sleeve and show me that, show me that Spider-Man arm. That's, that's a motivated man. You, I get what you're saying. You're basically going to tell me that I've spent a lot of time on nutrition, all this stuff. And really it's spending zero time to get a shot. Okay. Well, once you, you, you pop into what you're in, you are in Canada land, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, and you guys have free health care yeah. and you have. Haven't gotten a flu shot, and last year when I was unemployed and uninsured, I spent yeah. forty dollars on mine. Yeah, so I should. Because get here's it. the thing: you, uh, especially in cold, arid climates, the flu travels better. So it's oh. not just that you're protecting uh, yourself; Others. you are protecting people around you from becoming a uh, from from getting infected from you. You are stopping you from being a disease vector and infecting, you know, 20, 30, 40 other people. How many people are you around those days at the gym before you know that you have the flu? Yeah, that's hundreds. Good. That's a good point. So so you know what? Take those take that t- like I, I, I don't know if they offer, I believe they offer them at Canadian pharmacies. My yes. cousin yes. Uh, Jennifer is a pharmacist, and I believe yes. they offer the flu shot at Canadian pharmacies. Next time you're in there to pick up a box of condoms, because I believe in you, champ, you go in and get I yourself could, a I flu could, shot, okay. too. I, I, I understand all the benefits. I'm just... <laughs> he, he looks a little sheepish, like he's like, you're right. Well, I, I know. Do it. <laughs> I understand. I don't have any more. It's not like, I'm not one of those people who is like, oh, I don't get sick, so I don't fucking need one. Like, I, I, I understand the benefits. I just never have. And then it's always like something that I'm like, gonna get, and then I just don't, and then I never get sick, so I just don't. And like, that's a horrible way of looking at things, because if I did that to anything else, it would be like, oh, something bad happens, but nothing ever does. So I don't actually have brakes in my car. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, you, you mentioned you're married. Uh, before you were married, I'm. Uh, it's would would you have uh, would you have shall we say plundered into unknown territory without a condom? No. 
So you're going to breathe unknown air in the winter uh, without a flu shot? <laughs> That's a good analogy. I'm just saying, protect your lungs the way you'd protect your dick, man. So the the lung the it's a, it's a condom a lung condom. Exactly. Like See, you now lung. understand vaccines See, fully. That, that might be a better like that could be an article like because it's humorous, but it also is like rash enough where people like lung condom. What's it? Oh, okay, that actually makes sense. And then they actually made sense out of a lung condom, which makes no sense. Then they may you may convince some people. I feel that I could talk to uh, to to the people trying to market the flu shot and say, "All right, I've got a great idea. <laughs> it's just you just need to get need to get some guy who to you know walk in like yeah. I I have the I have mm-hmm. the visuals for this commercial. It goes up, buys the box of condoms. So you want to get your flu shot while you're here? No. I've, I've got a question really there quickly. We go. So how much time do you have, Dean? And Yvette, how good. much time do you have? I got time. Good. Okay. So I was going to skip a question, but actually, I do totally want to go there because I think this shit's fun. Uh, so speaking of lung condoms, yeah, no kidding. Uh, I wanted to hear what you feel are the most abhorrent scams, the most charlatanic behavior Ooh. we're encountering. Um, I mean, I, I think examples would be like naturopaths telling people to forego c- traditional cancer treatments and yes. putting honey on their fucking ass or whatever the hell. And then I thought of Belle Gibson and her lying about cancer. So, but like, so I'll give the floor to you. And I, I would say there are two things or two industries uh, that. That I say get my 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 top shelf horrible uh, dangerous bullshit awards, and one of them is of course the fake cancer cure industry. Uh, and and I'm I'm sorry, but no alternative cure has been shown to treat cancer. And when it beca- when we show that the cure cancer, it's no longer an alternative cure. Uh, but moving on, the other one is the autism miracle cure industry, mm. and nothing has been uh, more damaging, more costly. Uh, to to these parents and to these children, uh, more costly to the parents and more damaging to the these children than these unproven uh, miracle cures. Have uh, the worst one is? Have you heard of? Uh, uh, I think it's called it's CDMMS, um, the miracle cure. Have you heard of this? Not familiar with the uh, the acronym. Right. No. It's now. Uh, this is. I I'm apologizing now to your listeners because this is something that involves. Uh, something very painful to children uh please scoot past the next 20 seconds if you don't want to hear about this it involves uh basically a a not to delete uh dilute a bleach solution as an enema for children i've heard of this and and the parents think that what they're seeing coming out in the toilet is a rope worm that's causing the autism and instead it's the intestinal lining oh my god and 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 for your viewers that are joining us now, uh, the it's heard that the listeners that are joining us again now, uh, we're past the grossest part. But the parents think that from expelling that, they're all the bad behavior is going away, uh, and that you know, and that's what's causing it. And instead, the the child is just you know petrified of this happening again, of the parent doing that to them again. So you know, it's like they're they're scared shitless of their parent, and they're doing this horrible thing to them. So uh, you know, there are other types of treatments that parents are trying out, and you know, it's it's it all comes back to fucking Andrew Wakefield telling parents that vaccines are causing autism. Like they've found a handful of genes that are responsible for it, and it's like, why do we keep on telling parents that their children are broken? That's just that. I, 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 it's it's just I, the the autism miracle cure industry is is maddening when you see how bad it gets i actually have a really strong pet peeve about and this is kind of very overt and unilateral but hollywood celebrities pretty much talking about anything that has anything to do with what isn't their scope which is their movies and what they're involved in when it comes to and i know some of them talk 
about good social issues. When they get into politics, I'm usually kind of like, oh, fuck. But when they talk about anything that they don't fucking know what they're talking about, I almost unilaterally tune them out. So, and I know that's sort of a hard stance, but again, you've got the uh, Jenny McCarthy is the one who really probably blew this up because of Wakefield. And was she on Oprah or what show was she on? I think Oprah was it, and it was, uh, and Which it, it was all show. about greeting the vaccines because you know she was so sure that that had caused uh, autism in her son, and that now her son was cured from hyperbaric chambers and and heavy metal <laughs> detox. And it's here's the thing: one of the things I always throw as being the cause of autism is heavy metals, uh, heavy metal poisoning, of course, from the vaccines. So the problem with that is that all the different heavy metals. Uh, have different symptoms when you're poisoned with them. Uh, you know, it's whether it's, you know, copper, iron, lead, uh, gold, all very different symptoms. In general, the treatment is dimercaparol chelation, which is not exactly a pleasant treatment, but they're saying, look, uh, cilantro helps with this. Oh. Cilantro, I'm sorry, but cilantro and milk thistle doesn't chelate uh, the heavy metals out of your system. So I understand the desire to want yeah. to help your child who's struggling with autism. Oh, yeah. I have a client who he works with uh, people with autism. And uh, it's kind of funny because we're getting into the appropriate use of language. So even saying it's, autistic people, it's actually, it is better to use language like people with autism. You were going to say something? It's, go ahead. I, uh, you know, I, I go back and forth on which one's correct uh, because I've been told by uh I'm not sure which one to say. I have been told by autistic people that they prefer autistic people, and really? I have been told wow. by them that they prefer people with autism. Uh, you know what? Let the I, I I don't know which one is gonna be less likely to get me yelled at. <laughs> I it's tell me tell me what you want tell me what you want. I just I, it's but I mean I I when I say that it's it's without disrespect. Yeah. It's because I've been told that this is what's preferred, and it's I I don't know if this is a small fringe that I've been told this by, uh, but the reasoning was that they they saw um autism as as being a part of their uh, intrinsic part of their personality and neural wiring um and that it was uh you know it it was fine to use that as a descriptor but i don't want to like i said i could be wrong and i i don't want to be disrespectful i think actually well this raises kind of a good point because i was of the impression it kind of went one way but this is also the sort of thing that i think if well-intentioned people use either language and someone freaks the fuck out at them that's stupid too I don't think it's that big a deal to be freaking out about. It happens less often than I think people would think. Because, you know, the thing that you see the most of when someone, you know, when the thing you're going to see is the blow up over it, right? Mm -hmm. The picture, the video that someone took on the internet of someone freaking out. My brother's trans. I have a a lot of trans friends. And like when I've used, like, you know, just not been sure, used the wrong language. Mm -hmm. Here's what happened. They were like, oh, here's the correct term. I said, oh, I'm sorry. They said, no problem. And I went on using the correct term after that. (gasps) You didn't go like, shut the fuck up. 99% of those kind of interactions. And yes, now there's a video of a, an individual losing their fucking mind in a store. Yeah. And it's really, really unfortunate. Unfortunately, it's been memed and, and blown up over everything. And it's being used to yeah. demonize or, or cast negative light on the whole community. And that's entirely unfair. Um, we, is the individual's reaction probably proportionate to the, the unintended slight? Goodness, no. But it, it does draw attention to the fact that being conscientious of people and not being an asshole to people is important. 
but also the portrayal of this video and what it's being used for to attack trans people and their rights is also complete bullshit. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's the thing that, you know, to a lot of people who I, I was about to say don't know trans people or don't know they uh, they know trans people because they're 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 everywhere. Uh, like, I, I think this seems new to a lot of people. So they're like, what do we what do we do? with? How do we it's like you just treat them like everyone else. Don't fucking ask them questions about their junk. You t call them the words they want to be called like it's like if i and i mean i i know that people get like antsy about the term misgendering but like if i just called you a girl because i insisted that i heard you you were born a woman like wouldn't it infuriate you it would on some level annoy you like if and if there was no good reason for it like you appear on every level to be a man and i just was like no i heard you were born a woman i'm gonna fucking do this to you how fucking shitty of a human being would i be if this was the thing up my ass you're right? an asshole you're a total asshole doing that yeah you're exactly and I'll, I'll have some funnier for everybody who's talking about that stupid movie bird box uh with sandra bullock in the fucking <laughs> I haven't blindfold go watch go watch the bird cage which i watched when i was young and it's a great movie go watch oh, that so maybe good. right is that the same movie like I'm no lost. they're not the same movie okay. no 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 like, it's uh based on uh la cage faux it's uh yeah anyways but yeah moving moving on <laughs> what does yes. the bird box have to do with trans people bird box has nothing to do with trans people bird cage does oh so. gotcha yes we have, we have <laughs> no i was just trying to tie the connection because if, if i don't I'm know it someone else doesn't know I'm trying to remember if there were actual transgender people or if, or if there were cross-dressers. It was cross-dressers, primarily. It's but in slight, slightly, slightly different. But here's the thing. We, 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 it's, it, is a lar it, is, it is a, a large uh, umbrella in the LGBTQIA community. But there's uh, – I, 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 I just – like I said – if you're the person who has that much of a crop up your ass about not calling someone by the that's pronoun that's apt, like just fucking like smoke some pot and get over it. Seriously. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my advice. Um, since we always like jump in things, like did you end up watching <laughs> Die Hard? Cause that was, that was probably oh, on your yeah. face. I think that was on your Facebook. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and so, like, and did you analyze the evidence? So this is just a backstory as to whether or not it qualifies <laughs> as a Christmas movie. So does, did you find out if Die Hard does qualify as a Christmas movie scientifically? <laughs> I, I feel very sorry to say I still haven't seen Die Hard. It's on a very long list of movies that I am an awful human being who should be banished to the abyss for not seeing. Uh, but in my defense, uh, I had a power failure, so lost lost a few hours of availability to watch movies. So well, it was, and that was overrated. There's a power failure in Die Hard, so it's part oh. of the plot. I won't give it away. Okay. Um, okay, well, I guess I guess you know I'll watch it eventually. Like I'll probably I have to take a couple trips to Spain pretty soon, so I'll just sit there and I'll download a few things to watch on the flight. I'll say a couple things. One, it's a Christmas movie, and I watch it oh. every. <laughs> Christmas or, or Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's, N it's equals a, one. It has Christmas music and it's set during Christmas. So those are two big <laughs> things right there. Uh, okay. But if, you, if someone wants to watch it just for, oh God, uh, Alan Rickman's performance as mm. the main bad guy, he's he's incredible. Like Bruce How did, is, I not, Bruce, did I not know Alan Rickman was in it? Oh, he's sensational. In fact, it's probably the movie that made him famous. He is absolutely spectacular. And then um, Reginald Vell Johnson, famous for Full House, he's also in it, and he's really, really good too. And Full House is a Christmas movie, so that Full House is you're thinking of Home Alone. Oh yeah, wrong. Full House is Full a House television is show. Urkel. Fuck. Full House is 
cringy now. Yeah. Did you I did went, you did you try to get through a single episode of Fuller House? I did. No. I actually got through four. It was like well, bad. No. no uh, Fuller. Fuller House is the one on Netflix. Fuller yeah, House I, is the when they all yeah, came back. Netflix reboot. Yeah. It was it was not it's that good. So it was kind of yeah. It was like a lot of inside jokes. It was just like like. Yeah. yeah, like you watch the first episode and you're like, maybe they're doing these throwbacks yeah. just to be cute and it'll all get throwbacks. better. Next episode, it's not getting better. No, it's all like, throwbacks. It's just so bad. I don't think I finished it. I got that was yeah, I did not finish it. I'm, I'm just hearing this thing now where apparently young people, uh, we'll use the term millennials, are watching Seinfeld Discovery and are really offended by it. Well, of course they're gonna be offended. By what it. the fuck is? Well, here's the thing: if you watch things from like I, yeah. I think every, I, I think every single decade or so, every every ten to twenty years, you go and you look back at the shit from last generation. You go, what the fuck? Yeah. So I don't think this is a Gen Z, whatever the fuck, the next generation. Because like I'm, I'm tech. Technically, uh, to, to quote Eliza Schlesinger, I am an elder millennial. At 35, I am the top. You're Gen X's if the, you're the middle I'm, one. I am, I'm either a Xenical, or, which is a bullshit term for, yep. the, for those of us born at the beginning of the 80s, or I'm, a, I'm just a millennial. But, like, you know, looking back at the shit that we made jokes about in the 90s, like, some of Jerry Seinfeld's stuff was a little hacky. I'm not offended by any of it, but I'm like, some a little little but like some of the friends jokes especially like go back and watch friends like hey look we're gonna make fun of monica because she's she was fat once like how is that well-written comedy but like back in the day that would have like go back and watch anything from all in the family holy sweet mother of god right and i mean the thing i think the thing that made all in the family work was they put that bigot on tv and then they said they were like we're trying to make him less bigoted uh and the, the funny thing is the reason why that works but roseanne didn't is because well it was a little unclear about if roseanne really was bigoted wasn't it <laughs> wasn't it <laughs> but... roseanne. Uh, exactly just, so like there's like there's a lot more things that are offensive i rarely watch movies but i just went to see the new clint eastwood movie the mule where he He's like 90, and, and oh my god, he looks decrepit. <laughs> he looks fucking decrepit, but he's hysterical. He's awesome. And his character, much like his character in Gran Torino, I think he's the same character. He's not, but <laughs> he's, he's just, sort of. Just uh, he's, a, he's a little less crotchety in The Mule, but he ends up running cocaine for the Mexican mob. And the Mexican gangsters are spectacular. They love him. They're hysterical. They, they are great. But yeah, he ends up saying some, in his character, being an old war vet, some racist shit. And So it, it, basically stuff he says at home. Yeah. <laughs> It, 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 it's, it's clever how they sneak it in just to sort of highlight it. it it's certainly not offensive. If anyone watched it and they're offended by it, like, sweet mother of God, you're trying to be offended, right? Like, I mean, it, it's – there was a quote from Winston Churchill who God forbid somebody quote him now because yes. he was a – you know, he, had, he did things that were – that, you know, but they should be bad by any day standard, but, you know, we're – are horrible by today's standards. Like, God I, – I, he had a quote, you know, God forbid we uh, – I'm, I'm – butchering this quote but you know heaven forbid we we judge people from yesterday by today's standards of uh, of ethics it's like what are we going to look back at today 50 years from now and go oh my god we were all we're the worst fucking this up like we're we all are i look back at things from five years ago and go oh my god that is cringy (laughs) as fuck like we all do right I think that's pretty normal. It's it's we're getting better. It's actually, as long as you're getting better, I think is is the kind of the key thing there is. Like, are you getting better over time? If yes. Like that determines whether you're a half you're, decent individual. You're, you're making a great way of portraying it, and it's funny that you mentioned Sir Winston Churchill because it was actually James Fellow wrote an article, and James gets pretty left, and even he was shitting on this lunacy. Yeah. Somebody had an astronaut had quoted Winston yeah. Churchill. 
and he got some flack by. Some, oh I, yeah, that was that was the, what it was. This it is was, a, uh, totally. It was Chris Hadley, I think. It, it, it's some pretty extremist shit, as far as I'm concerned, to criticize this nonsense. And and the astronaut apologized for quoting Winston Churchill. I mean, Christ, this is like one of the most important men in the history of Western civilization, and what good he did. And you're at just being told to apologize for this. Yeah. Crap, it's a bit much, I think. It's, so, and even yeah, James I mean, criticized like, I, it. It's I. There are always going to be people that we look back at through the lens of what we know now and go, yeah, they did some great things and they did some horrible things. We can't discount every last person for, you know, for doing the things that at the time we were like, oh, yeah, this is like what are I mean, what if, say, you know, 200 years from now we have, for example, abolished all meat consumption because and we look back at everyone now and go, the people who weren't vegetarians were barbarians. Like, I'm just Mm -hmm, who knows for. For exa- that that could be a thing it could for example we could look back at everyone even 50 years from now and it could just be gone and we could be looking back and going but that person was a meat eater like and yeah. i i highly <laughs> doubt that highly doubt but you know how are we gonna what's gonna be the thing that we are all fucking up right now that we're gonna be judged on 50 years from now and i think it's unfair to Dom- do that domestic pets political correctness zoos <laughs> like you know like you it might go the other way you can really paint anything bad depending on the context like is it having dogs like we basically it's, bred dogs i'd say be- the stuff that's bad in every context i think that's the uh yeah if it's generally bad as long as we're clearing that shit out this, this paraphrases what you're saying and and i believe this i think it's actually kind of dangerous to look at the past through the social lens of today, there are some things, yeah, slavery, for example, that's just unilaterally bad under any circumstances. Yeah. But I think it's still also a little bit dodgy just to judge everything by the the political correct lens of today. So yeah. I think I most... Mean, I, I mean, I get it. Like, we're, we're not going to look at George Washington owning slaves and say, it's fine because he was George Washington. We're going to look at it and say, this was a bad thing. But he also presidented okay, so we're going <laughs> to talk about that. Right. And so. you, can, you can compartmentalize those stuff. I'm actually not that good at it. I tend to think of, yeah, if somebody is, like, guilty of uh, being a, a sexual offender, for example. Oh, yeah. When someone brings up Tupac Shakur, I've said this one before, and they're like, oh, his music's great. I'm like, the guy was convicted of sexual assault. Uh, why are you listening to his music? So even I can be a little bit of hard-ass about some of that stuff. But, yeah, I think some people can compartmentalize those things apart. Yeah, it's that's like lens story. of history is easier. The stuff that that's right now is uh, like I'm curious how the people who defended R. Kelly defended him <laughs> when there was a tape, a tape, visual evidence of him pissing on a 14 year old. I just want to know. I and there were there were women, famous women who defended him, who were advocates for Lady it's Gaga. Of his I'm so- fucking looking at you. I'm it, just just because of his song. He had like the song. Like that's why. Like, I mean, ignition, ignition was, so big. was a good jam, but fuck you. But that's like that, like, but that's what I mean. Like that—that's the thought process. Like well, it's, ignition, like that's that's why he was so famous and people like because they liked him. Like that's the fuck. Anyways, for for the listeners yeah. who have held on after we've gotten loose here, we're, sorry. My answer was the reason why they defended 17. him. No. The reason why I defended him was because of ignition. Like that has to be the only reason. This no, this has been spectacular. <laughs> Which isn't good. We want... I mean, it also goes to there's a point that was if you saw the documentary, it's it's really really good and it sh- the, the horrible thing about it uh is is that like what however bad you thought our kelly was before seeing this documentary he's way worse and that's <laughs> something i didn't think was possible it was you like i already knew he pissed at a 14 year old how much do you- oh it's a lot of yikes uh but it's 
the number of people who knew, and it's uh, it's because you know we don't listen to uh, societally for a long time. We don't listen to women when they come forward uh, with accusations against powerful men, Ooh. as as we yep. talked about in a discussion before we started recording. But yep. we don't need to get too deep into that. Sweet. <laughs> well, I really don't. <laughs> awkward. I really, it's not even awkward. I, I, we we just would need a whole podcast to talk about it. So instead. Um, let's do the book one because yeah. we always have we always well, we're, need we're, we're running out of time anyway so this has been absolutely amazing uh, Yvette I really do appreciate you showing up here so as a well-learned individual as you are uh, do you ever step outside of the textbooks and read anything oh, fiction non-fiction that you found particularly valuable personally professionally profound that you would share with everyone listening it's it is not profound and it's a it is such a stereotypical uh, answer, uh, but I I will go back to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Ooh. over and over and over You've again. Uh, I I first picked it up when I was in grad school in England. When I, it's a, a, a just a stupid story, but it's it's one that was special to me. Uh, while I was I was in order to to survive grad school, I was working through a temp agency, and my my assignment. Uh, that day was mopping floors at an elementary school, uh, and I had a half an hour to kill before um, before my assignment started. So into the school library, uh, you know, which didn't seem creepy at all, of course, uh, and picked up Hitchhiker's Guide. And I'm like, I'm going to go buy this after I leave here. So that was my my intro to Hitchhiker's Guide was in an elementary school uh, uh, library while I was waiting to start mopping floors while I was trying to survive grad school. Um, I... But go read that. <laughs> We've occasionally mentioned, or a guest has mentioned, the value of reading fiction. There's several points to that. One is it takes you outside of the stuff that sometimes people get caught reading too much. But you can expand your creativity as a fitness professional or working in any field that you're talking to other people. Or you have something to fucking talk about with people as you coach them, right? Like Game yeah. of Thrones. Like the value in watching Game of Thrones, outside of the fact that it's actually really good television, is a lot of your clients are watching this Imagine shit. Imagine if you read it, Andrew. What? Get into that bullshit. <laughs> I ha I haven't watched. An, uh, please, this is not out of. I'm not one of those people who's hating on it. I haven't watched an episode of Game of Thrones. I have a plan. I'm gonna wait until it's two weeks before the final season and binge the whole first plan. like the first seven seasons. That's my plan. Yeah, it's a way better plan because then you don't have to wait. <laughs> and that way, like I don't it, get attached to anyone. Like I hear, I hear people yeah. keep dying. Yep. That seems to be a trend. Yeah. Like, spoiler alert. I don't. I don't want to get attached. Well, I, I shouldn't spoil it too much. Well, I think the two most famous actors in the first season, you figure are probably going to be main fixtures. They get killed fairly quickly. I so. figure everyone's, I, I just, I, I have no attachments. I figure everyone's going to die. That is my, that is my thought going in. Uh, no one is, it's, it's a horror movie where Drew Barrymore gets killed. Scene one, no one's safe. We have to put the danger level up there. That's where we're setting the stakes. I've got, I've, I'm prepared for this. That was one of the Scream movies where she gets killed right at the beginning. I think it's, Scream 2. I think. Scream 2, yeah. There's Scream 2. Scream 2 or Scream 1? Scream 2. Actually, Scream maybe two. you're right. Maybe I, it's Scream 1. I think, I'd have to, I think you are correct. Hmm. It's been a, it's yeah, been, seen Scream like, in a while. those came out, those came out when I was like, uh, I was like a hatchling when those came out. I, I was like a movies. freshman in high school. Yeah. That was, that was back when I didn't know things i was young well, it's kind of weird like skeet ulrich was the he's the johnny depp looking clone and he was a high schooler or playing a high schooler in the first one he ultimately was the killer sorry spoiler um and now he's oh, the yeah. dad on riverdale it's like luke perry is a dad yeah. on riverdale 
And Luke, if he's not in his wait, early fifties, the thing about Luke is Luke is from nine hundred two one zero. I still can't well, he get was, him out of my head. He was like a twenty-seven-year-old playing a teenager. He was old on that. I know, like, like not old, but you know, old for being seventeen. Yeah. You know, I don't think anyone on that show has been able to untypecast well, they're, themselves. They're talking about actually rebooting the original and bringing them back. There is a conversation, but they did about that this. already. No, no, like not, hey, not Brian. Not One the... of them has Brian Austin Green typecast him just as he was in the show on a guy who was banging someone much younger than yeah. him. Because they're just they're just part yeah, of that. Yeah, and then he married Megan Fox. So yeah, yeah. I've just, like seen all those I'm, episodes. I'm not... too. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> sorry, I was just saying my mom watched that, so I watched. <laughs> so I've seen it all. Anyways, sorry, I grew up on that shit. It's ditto. Where yeah. it's oh the nineties. See now we look back. back. We look sense. back, and how fucking dumb that show was. Anyways. Um, Actually, it was really important. I'm going to do this. Oh, it no. was really important because it brought to light a lot That's of true. relevant issues like teen pregnancy yeah, and all these yeah, other yeah, sort yeah, of things. Right. So you can make fun of it all you want, but actually it was one of the first shows to have those conversations. It was culturally really important. Yeah, so is Teen hey, Mom. Hey, say... Saved by the Bell was what I grew yes. up on, I think, yes. a little more. And that's so, in retrospect, it is so bad. Zach is an awful human being. Like, not a <laughs> funny, so awful human being. He sets his friends up to get injured, like, to get... It's, I'm sorry, he's a bad person. And it's it's like, like I said, it's looking back in the 90s and going, what the fuck? Like, it's... I, I'm sorry, we can love our John Hughes movies. We can also admit they're a little rapey at times. Like, there are things we can look at and be honest about in retrospect, even if they were, quote, normal at the time. Well, shit. So. Screech is in jail. Dustin Diamond is in jail. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, what are you in jail for? Like, fuck, something Wait. terrible. Some some sort of horrible sexual Wait, bullshit. Did he, did he go to jail, or was it just that we there a sex tape? There was the no. sex tape with the dirty Sanchez. No, motherfucker's in jail. I'm sure of it. I have, someone's got to look. Fact check. It's not for the Sanchez. No, no. Whatever he did was uh, bad. Do you know where you can find Dennis Haskins, aka Mr. Belding, now? No. Every so often, he shows up to uh, uh, to karaoke down at, I believe, the pier in Santa Monica, (laughs) or that that part of the universe. That is what I've been told. I have not witnessed this for myself. But he uh, he's apparently a karaoke uh, karaoke king. There's this beautiful graphic that is just a, a internet joke, but it shows The Rock as Slater. It shows Mark Wahlberg as Zach, and it shows Michael Sarah as Screech, and it's like as if they're going to cast them in the live, uh, like the the new the movie that uh, is a remake of the original. Kind of like Baywatch. It'd be perfect. Yeah. Oh my god. Mark Wahlberg, but Mark Wahlberg, like his his only mode when acting is angry Boston guy. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like Seth Meyers would be a really good like you know ain't I a stinker like he's kind of Bugs Bunny in a way. There's like, kind of this. I want Ryan this, Reynolds. Like, if Ryan Reynolds had like the Ryan nice Reynolds hair. would be great for that because he oh, does that stupid yeah. like talk to the camera and like oh, like I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> that would be great. It's, it's like Deadpool without the powers. Yeah. yeah, and he would just have to like clean up his, his speech a little bit, like no like real bad swearing. But like I think he could do it. But Saved by the Bell modern day would there would be there would probably there might be swearing. That's true. Hmm. But, then but yeah, be... Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Okay, that, we've we've decided that. So something else we, we just. To... Oh, no, you first. I feel we, like we should just submit this somewhere and rake in our millions. I feel like your graphic should be... We always do a graphic for the promo. It should be like Saved by the Bell or something. We'll see if we can... Yeah, because you you have, haven't seen our social media. Um, yeah, we, so we make up a graphic and we take our guest's head and Dean photoshops this block, this terribly photoshopped oh, block, onto some sort of famous image and then we put in a title. But 
it's it's great. Nick Tuminello, one of our guests, he made it as his like background photo on his uh, Facebook. And uh, we haven't decided what we're doing with James yet, although we'll have to come up with something really horrible for James. Oh, see, I love James. What should you do for James? Because he, uh, oh, 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 because look mm. at his website. You know how there's like a little lightning thing yep. on his website because life changes? You should make him into Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I should do that. I put him on a Jordan Peterson Give him, Peterson give him the book. lightning strike. And he'll, I, it's, you can tell him it was my idea. Like, just if, if he gets mad about it. He kind of looked like a wizard. Like, make James, James kind of looks like a can, wizard. We can make him Voldemort, so we'll see. He'll <laughs> love that. It's, I, hmm. No, he, I think Harry Potter would work. Cool. I think I'll make him like I, a super nerdy wizard. Now, I'm because you're going to just not do it, so I'm going to totally do this. Um, seeing as we do want to create something fun for your social media, but we also want people to be able to find you. So some of our core audience may nope. not necessarily know who you are yet. Actually, a couple of old friends of mine, Ori and Renee, are huge fans of yours, and I told them that... Hi, Ori and Renee. Nice to meet you oh, via podcast. Yeah. Oh, they're going to love you. Uh, they're going to love this. So... Oh, wait, can we call them right after we get off of this? <laughs> Good. Probably. That'd be fun. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, and... Fuck, who knows? Maybe I could see if I could draw them up. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so we want to let our people know where they can find more of your stuff, your website, your social media stuff. Cool. Uh, so I am at the Cybabe on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Facebook. Yeah, Facebook me stutter pretty today. Uh, I am at Facebook.com slash Cybabe, and I'm at Cybabe.com. Nice. And, and occasionally I write things for the outline and self. Nice. You have yeah. What's that? What else do you do? Yeah, you your mean, podcast, your porn podcast. Oh, oh, yeah. I, uh, I'm part one, one half of the Statler and Waldorf of porn. We, we review. You know how there are people who read Playboy for the article. We watch porno for the plot lines. No, really, we do. <laughs> wow. This is this is a thing that happens. I even have an invite to the AVNs and I can't go. Oh my God. Which makes me so sad. Yeah. So, uh, we, we have a great time. The podcast is called two girls, one Mike. Um, and I have seen some, our last, uh, our last episode, we talked about quicksand porn. We have seen somebody be, be fucked by a Jack in the box mask. It's been a very strange and weird journey on this, but if you, so there's nothing to do with science though. Nothing to do with, oh. we have had our, our most, uh, it was just, I wanted to do something fun. I'm burnt out a little bit and I wanted a, a breather. Um, but we, we find out, you know, kind of when we get porn stars on the show, we ask, you know, what's your background? And a, a lot of times they're, they're incredibly well educated, so smart, have a ton of uh, interesting things to say. Mercedes Carrera was on, uh, she has, I forget if it's a master's or PhD, but she worked on like getting the, uh, the optics and, or, uh, the, the, the optics or the lenses thermally sounded on, uh, for, for the, uh, for the space station. Like she is a literal genius and she does Latina milk porn. Wow. There was just no industry for what she did. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, there were three companies and one of them went out of business or something like, I forget the exact story, but I mean, she was so smart, so well-spoken. Our first guest that we had on Ella Darling, master's in library science. Uh, and now she runs, she went from running a VR porn company, still does that, uh, to now running a VR communications company. So people can communicate with their friends and relatives in VR. So, so guys, we, there's a future. I was gonna porn. say, go check out Two Girls One Mike if you're interested. So don't, I, got a, yeah. I hope you get a few new subscribers from that one. Don't do the Two Girls One Cup. That's wrong. No, no I still won't. haven't watched that. Neither have I. Which is learned... <clears throat> funny because that's the name of your podcast, essentially. Yeah, but but I learned the lesson that when somebody tells you, yeah. "Hey, this tastes awful. Here, taste this." Don't taste it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Adina's <laughs> nothing. No, context-wise, it makes sense because they basically... Yeah, yeah it's, I've, I've heard yeah. that you shouldn't watch Two Girls, One Cup. So yeah. when everyone's like, this thing is awful. Go, It has a zillion views. I'm like... It had a zillion views because that's when videos weren't big. So when there was a video on the internet, it was like just shared. So it wasn't like a YouTube. It was it was physically shared, like so the f- oh, which is insane. Was, oh, like I would send this you an email with your it. face. Yeah, like, here, oh, read man. this. This is a video. It's in a movie file. Like it's it, the internet was crazy back then. Anyways, <laughs> I was just gonna say to those who survived this episode, yeah. who are hearing <laughs> us for the first time, uh, I'm actually I'm Andrew Coates. Dean Guido is the other voice you've been hearing, and so we've had a few more podcast episodes. And by the time you hear this, we'll have released James Fallon, James and Yvette are good friends. So if you want to check out James, maybe you check out one more of ours, and then you might find some other fun stuff. We do fitness, we do nutrition, a lot of philosophical industry stuff versus a lot of really technical detail there's lots of stuff out there we just like to shoot the shit is what he's saying and then we talk about stuff and it's fun and for our listeners who've been listening to us for a while and are finding yvette psy babe for the first time guys go check out her social media she's actually brilliant with debunking all that pseudoscientific bullshit if you haven't figured that out by now yvette thank you so much for being on here this was this was really cool like you get these aspirational guests you like oh i'd never get be able to have someone like that on the podcast and all of a sudden here you are talking to us and uh so, yeah, this is cool. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. What's up, guys? Shut up and sit down.